All right. Welcome back to the Biblos Network. We're so glad that you come to join us and to hear the great things of God. Um, there's many things you could be doing, a lot of things you could be involved in, but this is the greatest thing for a person to, to connect to, to make a part of their day, the exploring of the Word of God. To all of the bibliophiles, to all of the theophili out there, the God lovers, the lovers of the Word of God, we are glad that you have joined us. And uh, we have great things to talk about today. I trust you're enjoying the blessing of the Lord where you are. And um, I hope we can be a blessing to you as we launch out into talking about God's great promises. I've got a dear friend here with me today in the studio, Pastor Wesley Jackson from Netherland, Texas, yes, a suburb of Houston. Welcome to Biblos. Thank you, sir. You were here with us today. We had church today. Something like that. <laughs> well, for those of you that are able, you know, join us on FPC Durham. Um, this morning, the session on prayer. First of all, I preached Tuesday night and taught on prayer. For you to come in right after that and to deal with prayer the way you did. And a couple weeks ago, Ari Prado was here and he dove into alignment and prayer and really early morning prayer. Or at least the first part of your day prayer, consecration. Right. And it just set the stage, and today you just hit it out of the park. The Holy Ghost used you, and that was so, so needed. Well, thank you. Honored to be with you. Well, you're heavily, heavily influenced by North Little Rock. Bishop Holmes is your pastor. Absolutely, yes, sir. And um, so prayer is a is a foundational principle that you you really preach and contend for. It 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 changed me uh, when I went to North Little Rock my life was uh, it was it was a wreck it was a mess and uh, I heard him preaching and teaching about prayer and uh, it just kind of started out as what did I have to lose mm. and uh, I just watched as I bought into it that it wasn't just good preaching that it was principles that really brought about what he was preaching when you dove into um, what was the title this morning it was Winning the battle between weak flesh and willing spirit. Willing spirit. So the, the, the spirit is willing, the flesh, flesh is, weak. is weak. And you brought the bicycle out. Yes, sir. And you made analogous the pedals are like prayer. Prayer. And if you pedal, you'll go. If you don't pedal, if you don't use what God put there, you can't go. About impossible to balance. Yeah. A simple illustration, but man, it really drove the point home. There's going to be people that have that image burned into their mind for the next 25 years <laughs> it just it is it's uh i thought even today as uh ben's was such a willing uh guinea pig yeah you know i was pushing on him and things like that and and he was falling over and it would look like that it was me pushing on him is what was causing him to fall until he started pedaling and I actually pushed on him harder when he was pedaling and he stayed moving yeah. than when he was not pedaling. Isn't that powerful? If we pray, it just... Things push on you and you just keep on going. That, that's right. Prayer is the key. My great-grandfather had a book called Prayer, the Supreme Need of the Hour. And I like to read that. Yeah. Little Rock, now where you are, and, and we contend heavily for it here in Durham, 
um, there's always room for improvement, but that spirit, that atmosphere of prayer, that saturation of prayer, carnal people can't, they can't make it. They're not going to make it. Not it's going, going to be to it. chaos. It's going to be confusion. And what did I say where contention and every evil work is? Yes, sir. Um, it's, it has to do with carnality and God help us. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, Little Rock's been, of course, a, a drive behind it. But Bishop Holmes was just um, telling me the other day, he said, in the back of my mind and deep down, I knew it would work everywhere. He said, but I but have times I thought, well, maybe is Little Rock an exception? And then he talked about me and different ones taking those principles and they're working everywhere they're being preached. It, it's 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 uh, not a North Little Rock Bishop Home things. It is a biblical principle that works. Yeah. Well, I've seen churches that have made prayer their primary it, focus. and It works. Yeah, it changes everything. It does. Walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. is like I made the analogy this morning. Um, I'd never seen it like this till last night in prayer, but where Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan is desiring to sift you as we mm. But you're going to make it because I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. And the principle was if we could somehow get him to pray, then we could make it. Well, you tied that to Romans 8. And then Paul said in Romans 8, he he realized, he said, we we can do this. We can still have him praying for us. Yeah. If we pray, do we pray in the Spirit? Spirit maketh intercession. A lot of people misquote that, and they use intercession as something we get into. That's benefiting somebody else. Yeah. Let's intercede for so and so. But the Spirit's interceding for you. But that's not biblical. The Spirit is interceding for you when you get in the Spirit. Boy, that's it's good. praying things you don't even know how to pray. So I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. And when we pray till we pray in the Spirit, it's the same thing. Satan desires. We said that your faith fail not. That your faith fail you not. Boy, that's good. That was so good. It was God. Yeah. Well, it was a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost this morning. And then tonight you you got into the Holy Ghost on things. It was a church message, a Durham family message, very dynamic, very powerful, very needed. Um, so we're glad that you're here. I, I, I'm excited about you being down where you are and what God's doing there. Me too. Yeah. You know, you're from there. Yes, sir. Born and raised in the Golden Triangle. Well, so what's the Golden Triangle? What, what so, is that? Uh, Really, it would be considered uh, Beaumont, Port Natchez, Bridge City. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's like a triangle, and uh, it's called the Golden Triangle because of all the oil money and refineries and okay, and and economy and you know this here in Durham is called the Research Triangle, right? It's a uh, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. Yes, sir. Um, I guess they're just triangles. Yeah. <laughs> I like my triangle. Yeah, yeah. Better than your triangle. <laughs> well, that's how it should be. That's how it should be. Uh, you like hot weather, and but the Lord has mercy on all of us. And it's been miserable here this week. <laughs> so, those that know me know I love cold weather. And You're part Eskimo. I am. I am. And I was telling Brother Jackson today that you know people focus on the Urshan side that is Middle Eastern, that it's from Iran, it's from Persia, but. At least on our side, we are majority Norwegian. Mm-hmm. So from my mother's side, uh, they're Norwegian. Big, tall guys. Um, Cranky. Ah, oh, sweethearts. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But they do like to go to bed early and yeah. 
and wake up early. Wake up early. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you know, East Texas, you know, I love the proximity to the ocean, the Gulf, you know, in that way, you know, there's some kind of like a Fort Myers dynamic there. I, I would come from Fort Myers, the Gulf. And when I would come right. up to Houston and in East Texas, it would always be by the Gulf. And, um, was it Galveston? That's yes, right sir. there. And yeah, it's not far from us. So, that's awesome. Well, I, I love the area. God's blessing you guys his he favor. Is blessing us. That's exciting. Really is. Well, we were talking yesterday at breakfast and we just got to getting into some concepts. And one of the concepts came from a an article I read. It was a to me it was a fascinating article. Um it was about how Israel, Israel's cutting edge. Their 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 technology, their their biotech, their um their medical field. I mean, their their cancer treatments and and just the things they're doing are so amazing. They're God's people. Yeah, the blessing of the Lord is absolutely on them. And they have Abrahamic principles that really the apostolic church, it is high time they tap into. Absolutely. Um, And there's a lot that can be said about that. Before I launch into this side of it, though, well, let me tell the story, and then we'll just work from that because there's a thousand ways we could go. In the article that I read, it talked about the desalination plants that Israel has built. Now, people laughed at them when they did it. You can't right. take salt water out of you can't take salt out of water. You're, you're crazy. You're nuts. Well, they invested billions of dollars into this technology, and their head researcher said, "Yes, we can. Yes, we can." And so they tried, they failed, they tried, they failed. They just, they brought the best minds in Israel together. And, and I believe the United States have played a part in it as well. And finally they perfected it. The Israelis perfected desalination to where you literally pump raw seawater in one side and out the other side comes fresh water. Fresh water. It has revolutionized everything. Um, it's revolutionized Israel. And <clears throat> they, they were showing their irrigation, their agricultural techniques. Now they are literally running fresh water through the desert. And in my mind, you know, I read the prophets where it said that there will be rivers in the desert. And I know that there's a powerful metaphor there right. um, of the Holy Ghost coming into dead lives in desert-like places and, and green things will sprout. There's a spiritual application. But there's but, a literal application man, as well. Man, I can't help promise see those rivers coming through those yes, deserts. Sir. My eyes are popping open. <laughs> I know what the prophets said. And... um the image of that water just, you know, just the image of a sprinkler head with water spraying in a desert right, is mind-boggling. Yes, it this is. This precious commodity that this dead land brought to life by people who just refuse to quit and, and believe in the favor of God. So they do it, and from aerial photography, they take a snapshot of the... <laughs> of the landscape underneath them. And over here you've got Jordan and over here you've got Egypt and uh, up here you've got Lebanon. There's all of these surrounding nations that are, that are in most cases they're hostile. A lot of them, their, their stated vision is to run Israel into the ocean. You know and there are maps that they, they, show to their children don't even have Israel on there. Right. 
and, and they're hurling hatred at them, and they're, they're firing missiles in from, from Gaza, and, and the Iron Dome has to try to catch them, and, and you know they're trying to live productive lives, and they've got missiles and air raid sirens going and all kind of stuff. So in the middle of this brown, dead hatred, there's this green oasis. Oasis. This lush green thing. There's and their response to the missiles, their response to the vitriol, the hatred, the response is here's fresh water. Here's fresh water. It's it, it absolutely <laughs> blows my mind. So they're not I mean, obviously their military is capable and they're one of the most formidable militaries in the world, but they know they're going to win this by doing good. Right. And literally leading the world in doing good. And it was what the head researcher said that brought tears to my eyes. Yeah, when you told me it sent chills on me. Yeah. It, 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 here he is talking about the the progress. He's talking about the um, the scientific breakthroughs, the, the difficulty of running that salt water through membranes fine enough to catch the salt and to allow fresh water to pass through. So here is this green oasis in the middle of this dead brown desert wilderness and the scripture that motivated him was from psalms 23 thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies and when i saw that i teared up yes sir because first of all you know it's a davidic promise absolutely but second of all how that relates to us he prepares a table for us in the presence of our in enemies. the presence of our enemies. So, you know, we got to talking about that. Let's talk. And, and I've seen this modeled in, like, you know, in Little Rock. I've seen it modeled in a lot of our friends' lives. What role does, you know, prayer and blessing? See, blessing is something that people have been afraid to embrace. They're they're afraid they're going to be labeled a money grubber. Right. Uh, you know, we're we're pushing, uh, but it's biblical. Yeah, it's as biblical as Acts two thirty eight. What is the? Why do people want to say that talking about finances and talking about blessing is prosperity gospel? It's like, it's like people grab the charismatic movement and they right. distort it and twist it, and and then people say now there's no gifts of the spirit. Correct. But they do the same thing with blessing. Absolutely. They take the Abrahamic promise of dominion and they twist it like you're like trying to take advantage of people and hurt people. I think part of it is, is because in places that let's use the charismatic movement for example that has really pushed it and it seemingly ruins good people because you preach it you tell it and it doesn't happen and so well it must be a false doctrine but really the way i view it is when it's not happening the problem is not the covenant it's us hmm. and i was thinking about this a while back even before you and i started talking about it and it was like uh, when when the Israelites, and I really, really believe this with everything in me, the Israelites leaving Egypt, of course, it is a type and shadow of many things. We know it's a type and shadow of us coming out of the world into the church, but it's also a type and shadow of the church leaving this world. It is. And, and when it Israel left Egypt, Egypt was broke and burning and falling apart. Their leaders were in the bottom of the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. 
And Israel left Egypt with riches. And, And there was a distinct difference. And it started before they left Egypt, while they was in Egypt, God gave them Goshen. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's it's like the table prepared in the presence of your enemy. Yeah, I want to show you that I can deal with Egypt and still bless you. But I think where our problem is, is we want to live in the blessings of Goshen and hang on the, to the ways of the Egyptians. Mm. 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 And, and we want both. We, we want to live Monday through Saturday like Egypt. Mm. And then we want to come in on Sunday and experience and embrace and then receive the blessings of Goshen. And want Goshen. When the truth of the matter is it's a package deal. You, you, can't, you can't have the blessings without the consecration. And so we've got people that just want to preach the blessings, but they're scared to require concent- concentration. And so it doesn't look like it's working. But when it's done as a package deal, when someone completely and wholly sells out to God, the things of God, the ways of God, gets in alignment with the Word of God and their man of God, you don't have to chase blessings. Blessings start chasing you. They start chasing you. That's what Moses told them in, in Deuteronomy. He said, all of these blessings shall come and overtake you. You don't have to chase the blessings. You just keep following the kingdom. And then Jesus would say that. He would say, seek ye first. Mm-hmm. Seek first the kingdom. And then all of these other things that you're desiring, they're going to just be added to you. So surely goodness and mercy follow shall follow me all. all the days of my life. All. That's part and parcel of preparing the table. Absolutely. Okay, so watch this. There is... When we start serving God, it starts out so small. It's the it's the mustard seed. It's the right. least of seeds that grows into the greatest of herbs. So it starts out with faith, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We are tongue talkers. Yes, sir. We are holiness people. But in that, you're faithful to your spouse. Correct. In that, you you speak truth. Correct. And truth has many branches, like um, responsibility integrity, um, honesty, these are reliability, these are trustworthy dynamics that all spring. Dependability. Dependability. Well, you start rising to the top of everything you're in because you outcompete everybody. There is no competition. Yeah. And and Israel did that with the Egyptians. That's exactly right. They outcompeted them, literally. Well, wealth begins to accrue, and call it what it is. It's blessing. It is blessings, the blessings of God. And so wealth is not just money. Wealth is your children serving God. Wealth is health. Correct. Um, you're, not, you're not drinking. You're not smoking. You're not blackening your lungs. You're That's not right. drug addicted. You're not being bailed out. You're not dealing with bail bondsmen and the chemi- criminal justice system. I'm just talking how it affects yes. us today. Okay. But it still doesn't dumb down and exempt the fact that Abraham— the Bible says was very rich. It doesn't say he was rich. It takes time to point out that he was very rich. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling our church a while back, I said, if we're not blessed, what what is the draw for somebody in the world that is living a life of prosperity to come into the kingdom of everybody in our church is living in poverty? Yeah. 
give up all that they're getting to do to be poor. Yeah. That's not even biblical. Okay. But people think it is, but it's not. So they take, you know, Jesus coming to the rich young ruler and saying, go and sell. I love it when they bring that up to me. Talk, Talk about it. Well, firstly, we, we've, we've, misrepresented that as that Jesus was was teaching against wealth and riches. That's exactly what they teach. And and that it was like, well, there's just some people, if they're going to make it, God just has to keep them poor. Mm-hmm. No, if they're going to make it, they just need to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. You know, I really believe this, wealth and money doesn't change people. It reveals people. That's a what, lot what, of what's already that. there, they just ha- didn't have the ability to finance. Just like you, you take you money guys, answers all things. It answers all things. You guys have an incredible bus ministry. There's some kids. The only time they get to go anywhere is to FPC Durham on Sunday morning on the bus. Mm-hmm. As God begins to bless them, they're gonna have ways to do other things, and at that time, it will really reveal: was this a dedicated person or an opportunist? Wow. It, whatever it is is already there. It's already there. Money's just going to reveal it. And Jesus was not talking about somebody saved. He was talking about somebody trying to get saved. Because here he is, he's dealing with the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler could not see that me giving up everything is going to benefit me more by being in that kingdom than anything I have. Mm-hmm. And as he walks away, Jesus wills to his disciples. And again, he's talking about a sinner trying to get saved, not a saint who is saved. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to what? Enter. A rich man to what? Enter. Say it one more time. Enter. What did Jesus tell Nicodemus in John chapter 3? Born of water and born of spirit. You can't enter. You cannot enter. Mm-hmm. He was not talking about wealth and riches and you've got to be poor if you're going to be a part of this kingdom. Mm-hmm. What he was talking about is that it's harder for somebody who already feels like that they have it all mm. to be willing to give it all up and come into this kingdom, which is ultimately a better way. So Moses looks at Pharaoh's daughter and says, I will not be your son. Never. Chooses to suffer affliction with the people of God, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches. Greater riches. Than all the treasures of Egypt. Of Egypt. Which, and the Bible calls that the the pleasures of sin for a season. Correct. And it says, for he had recompense, respect unto the recompense of reward. Absolutely. So Moses goes, he forsakes Egypt, he walks away from the wealth of this world. Of this world. He enters into God's covenant and becomes Moses. And becomes Moses. And then what did he leave Egypt with? Treasure. All of their treasure. All of the things he thought he was walking away from. God gave it to him. And going to have to do away with. God gave it to him, and yet he didn't have to serve and do anything for Pharaoh. So he did it God's way. He didn't use the Egyptians' political system. And you know, you're talking about 40 years right. have passed from the time he walked away to the time that he returned. Comes back. All right. So my point in that is we're living in a day where people say feeding homeless people is the way to serve God. I think that's damnable. Well, it's mind-boggling to me. And, and they, there's this faux 
faux is just a fancy way of saying fake. Yeah. It's, it's a, <laughs> a faux humility, a false It's the humility. spirit of the Antichrist. It is. And we see it in Judas. Yes. Because the Bible says that the woman brings the alabaster box in and anoints the feet of Jesus. She breaks the alabaster box. It was of great value. Um, she pours uh, the spike nerd on his feet. She is weeping. She washes his feet with her tears, with the oil, with her hair. Correct. And Judas says, to what purpose is this great waste? So he calls worship waste. It's exactly what he does. You could have taken this, sold it, and given it to, to the, the poor. poor. So there is all these people saying, I serve at a homeless shelter. I I, I work at a soup kitchen. And, and Jesus rebukes Judas. Yes, he does. For this. And he says this. This is, I love this part. <laughs> He said he did not say it because he cared for the poor. No. So for everybody out there that's trying to say that feeding the homeless, um, working some kind of an altruistic dynamic is more noble than serving the Lord, worshiping, reading the Bible, proclaiming the gospel, what you're saying is the woman with the alabaster box was a waste of time. It was a waste. And selling and giving to the poor is more noble than that. Jesus says the poor you have you're, always with you. You're never going to rid the world of poverty no. with the world's ways. No. So here's what it boils down to. Am I going to give him a sandwich by serving him one meal? Right. Or am I going to preach the gospel? He becomes a son of God. He is delivered from his addictions that have put him in, put that, him in that situation. That condition, delivered and saved. You know, silver and gold have I none, but Absolutely. such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The gospel is far more power than 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 filthy lucre. Even Absolutely. Simon the sorcerer, Peter, re, Peter rebukes him, him for thinking the Holy Ghost could be bought with money. <clears throat> now he can make 10,000 sandwiches uh -huh. and he can save his wife. He can hold down a marriage. He can hold down a job. He can have children. You tell me which one's greater. Absolutely. And so it's demonic. It, I believe it's very demonic. I really do. And, and part of that is, is because poverty is not a social issue. It's a sin issue. And if you don't get somebody out of, out of darkness into light, uh, it was one of the prophets, I think it was Haggai. He, he said, you, you sow much, you reap little. You make garments, you're still cold. And it's because you have not considered your ways. Mm. And he said, in doing that, Anything we do for you, it's like us putting money in a bag with holes. Wow. It, it, it's the enemy would rather us open a soup kitchen than start a spiritual movement. Wow. Because he can keep them eating soup. Yeah. But he can't keep them once they get full of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that powerful? Yeah, it's just the principle. So pure religion and undefiled is visiting the widow and the fatherless in their affliction. Correct. The disciples at Jerusalem told Paul, only they, they, they validate his doctrine. They extended the right hand of fellowship. And he said, only they would that I would remember the poor. That's right. Which also I was forward to do. Forward to do. So our churches are built on the poor. Absolutely. We, we are built on on people coming and being delivered and being set free. And then they work. And then they rise to the top. That's it. You know, it just and and the darker this world gets, the more the the more the church looks just it's so appealing. Yeah. I mean, I, you take like the young men right here in Durham. Uh, they're getting in the church. They're becoming 
like you said, dependable. Uh, that there's very few people in their work environment that's showing up on time. That's not that's tempted not, to take what's not theirs. That drunk that aren't drunk. Yeah, it, it's the it's the Joseph syndrome. Yeah. Eventually, instead of Pharaoh putting one of his own in, he says, uh, "Pastor Urshan, do, do you have do you know anybody that could come fill this position for us?" Did you know that in Fort Myers, we I was out knocking on doors one day and a man approached me and um, he was kind of a clean cut guy and he introduced himself and he was an undercover narcotics officer who walked the streets and he would see me walking the streets. I thought he was like a Jehovah's Witness or something. <laughs> he was a, a, a police officer for FMPD and we got to talking and he said, oh, we know who you are. He said, we, he said, we, a lot of the young men in your church, we've arrested them multiple times. And he said, there is an, an actual measurable drop in crime since wow. you guys started. Yeah, he, it works. He said, I see guys walking out of your church in jackets and ties that we were busting. Yeah. And they're not, we're not busting them anymore. And you no, know what he said? There's a true change. He told me, he said, I have now realized why churches are tax exempt. Wow. He said, you are saving this community millions of dollars in legal fees and societal impact by doing whatever you're doing in that building. Yes. The church being the church is the only answer. Yeah. Uh, I've told this, and and I don't want to sidetrack anything, but, uh, of course, most everyone knows we tragically lost my brother. Yeah. And uh, I remember standing on that porch that night. It was on a Sunday night after church. And I was just, I was so upset and angry. And, and uh, in, in a moment of anger, uh, I, I said some things that I regretted. And, and one of the things I said is I asked one of those uh, marshals, I said, you know, why don't you guys do something about this? I said, you're out there writing tickets when you know who my brother was getting this from. You know my brother's doing it. And anyways... Long story short, standing on that porch, I felt the Holy Ghost rebuke me mm. and say it's because they can't do anything. Wow. Wow. They wow. don't have the answer, and they don't know what else to do, and so they're putting their head in the sand. Wow. He And I just, it was like an audible voice said, but the church is the answer. They're not going to arrest the dealer enough times to get him to quit dealing. Yeah. But if you can teach him a Bible study, and get him full of the Holy Ghost, he'll quit dealing. And and that's the principle of the kingdom. Boy, that's it. You know. Okay, let me tell you what this is not, okay? This is not about the church hooping and hollering and screaming at people just to live right on no. Sunday and then never doing another thing no. again until next Sunday. This is about rejoicing giving glory to God, breaking the bread of life, right? discipling people into sons and daughters of God, of God, and profound legitimate change taking place. Absolutely. Let him that stole steal no more. Such were some of you, but you're washed, you're sanctified. I'm talking about the real church. Right. And, I mean, just this last week, we have had profound miracles here. People walking away from sin, embracing righteousness, fighting the good fight, that the work of the church continues to go on. To, to call that waste is 
the Bible says he was a thief. He was a thief. <laughs> now, the same people that will say, you don't need to bring tithe and offering to the house of God. Are the same people. Are the same people that <laughs> think that we need to be out feeding the homeless. And, <laughs> and the Bible says, will a man rob God? Yet no, you have they, robbed me. You have robbed me. They hate the message of tithe and offering because they are thieves. And because they don't benefit from it. Yeah. The principle of God is you don't just sow seed and reap. It matters where you sow seed. Mm -hmm. He told Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless those that bless you, those that sow into you mm -hmm. because you're in covenant with me. Yeah. And, and the church, and, and again, I mean, people can judge me how they will, but I don't give to social causes. Mm -mm. I sow my money into the kingdom of God. Yeah. <clears throat> because it's the only place where you can sow and truly reap. Well, that's it. That's the kingdom at that's work. That's the kingdom at work. <clears throat> and it works. It, it really does work. Did you know, I read a book one time, and it was um it was called a shepherd's perspective on Psalms twenty three, and it was an interview with an actual shepherd. Okay. And his take on surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, he said, in this book that sheep are terraformers. Terra means earth. Morph, right. Form morphe means to change to literally change the earth. <laughs> and he said you can take a herd of sheep into an overgrown field and the shepherd will come along with a bag of seed and those sheep will graze that field down and that shepherd will sow wow. into that field. As they're eating, they're leaving waste and they're creating one of the most probiotic environments that there is. And when that seed hits what they have left behind, that is goodness and mercy following them <laughs> all the days of their life. And he said, as God's people, we leave things better than we find yeah. them. I think we need to edit that part out so I can preach him. People think I'm smart <laughs> like you. <laughs> no, no, it's the guy that did the book. It's, I, I just rejoiced when I read it. Um, but I've seen it yes. a million times. And so... People believe that when they're evangelizing that they need to go get a Bible and just cram it down somebody's throat. By God, if you don't, you don't. line up to what I'm saying, you're going to bust hell wide open. And, and that grieves me so much. Stop doing that. Please. Please stop doing that. Do good. The Bible says of Jesus that he went around everywhere doing, doing good. good. You know, Daniel McKillop called it lifestyle evangelism. Right. And well, you know, Paul said you should be an epistle, a living epistle read. Yeah. You should be enough Bible just in the way you live your life. Yeah. They won't open that one, but they'll open you. They'll open you. You should be enough Bible to convert them. It's so powerful. Loving people, being kind to people, genuinely kind, genuinely kind. Um, what would it called? Unfeigned faith, unfeigned, unfeigned love. love. Um, don't fake it. Yeah. Be it, be it. And over time, People want that. You become honest. You become steadfast. You become gracious. You you love them. Almost sounds like the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> what you know? Isn't that a novel idea so, that we would just bear the fruits of the spirit? 
when the spies came back to Canaan from Canaan to Israel and said, we are well able, they brought fruit. They brought fruit. The thing that was supposed to convince them was the fruit. Was the fruit. So That's if, good. If we will bring That's the fruit. If we will bring Why fruit. Why would I want to go if you come back and you're a cactus? <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. Don't bring your bad attitude. Well, that's the same principle. Why would people want to come to our churches if everybody that converts has to live in poverty? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to serve that kind of a guy? Come to a land that is filled with cactuses. Yeah. Briars and thorn bushes. <laughs> flowing with dead seas. <laughs> but when it's flowing with milk and honey, yes. and, and the I like to say it this way, the fruit hangs heavy on the branch. Yeah. Then, man, okay, there's a reason why people are beating down the United States door to get in. Correct. You don't have to go out and please come. Please come please here. Come. No. I promise you we're a good nation. No, <laughs> they have lined up. We got to have walls built to keep them out. Yeah. And that's how churches should be. That's exactly how it should be. It should be, it should be the most appealing, enticing entity in our communities. That's the table. That's the table. That's the table spread. Yeah, you need to come preach about that. Oh, brother, I'm here to tell you. Let's do it. Um. So, while hostile forces are throwing rocks. The Israelis are gathering the rocks and they're building. Building with it. As they kill and suicide bomb, they bind and they heal. That's the answer. Now, I'm not here to become political. I'm not trying to jump into Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Oh, yeah, please do. But <laughs> I, am, I am saying that we are to be the oasis. And yes. So you, you brought up something. You know, I wanted to just touch on it before we close. You talked about the pot with the poison. There was, a, there was, I was, a, he gathered wild gourds. The, the man, the prophet was there. Correct. Might have been Elisha. It was. And they, they, one of the men gathered wild gourds, put it in the pot. They ate it. They were poisoned. It and they said, poison. man of God, there's death in the pot. Correct. Okay. Tell me what you were saying. To, to fix the pot, the prophet didn't sort through the pot trying to get out the bad but he sent them to gather and add good into the pot. Hmm. And, and to me, the principle is, instead of trying to clean it out, add to. Add to. Add to. You know, if you're not careful, you'll spend all your time uh, trying to purge <laughs> the church. And I've watched people purge the church so there was nothing left Ain't of the church. Left. <laughs> and uh, but 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 instead of purging the church, add to and and i think it was jesus that said i know it was jesus that said he said just let the wheat and the tares grow together yeah and at the time of harvest the lord will come yeah he'll take the fan in his hand yeah and and you know um i'm all about sanctification and righteousness and godly living but really the the way to to experience good change is not not get sidetracked by trying to take things out keep adding to mm. uh, uh, the late bishop jesse parker really gave me some great wisdom he was just a tremendous man he really was and he loved added, jesse parker yeah and he had such a unique uh, uh perspective of things and he told me one day he said i wish 
somebody would have told me what I'm telling you and I'd have listened. He said, keep the main thing, the main thing. He said, because when you pastor, there's going to be a lot of things try to distract you from the main thing, and that is saving the lost. Mm. And he said, if you will keep the main thing, the main thing, God will take care of everything else. Mm. And it, it really, it's... Isn't that powerful? It, it, I mean, it worked for him. Yeah. Oh, man, did it. Yeah. Middle of the Grand. Well, the Marshall Islands. The Marshall Islands. Well, those thousands upon thousands of, of people. And then to see that work being carried on today, it's just, yeah. it's yeah, generational blessings. Boy, it is. It creates. Well, there are some men and women who believe that you have to browbeat people to, yeah. to get them to live holy. But we don't see Jesus walking around with a whip and a flail beating yes, people into the kingdom. He gives them, he feeds the multitude with five loaves and two fish. He speaks kingdom principles. And it gets to the point where everything he touches is blessed. People figure out Absolutely. the blessing of the Lord, goodness and mercy. And then he couldn't follow. run them away. Yeah, he had to get in a boat. They would go sit out in the wilderness and just about starve to death. And his disciples would have to say, uh, did you know the Bible says that he sat them on green grass? Oh, on green grass. I do. I've read that. I've used that. See, see, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something else. I would challenge all the listeners, uh, that maybe would disagree what we're talking about. Look at all the miracles Jesus performed. And how many of them it starts with, and Jesus had compassion. Wow. He did not have righteous indignation. Mm -hmm. He did not have, the only people that Jesus ever really got mad at was the people who thought they were perfect. The Pharisees. Oh, get me started on yeah. that right there, man. <laughs> the Pharisees. You know, my biggest problem in my ministry uh, throughout the years has never been from the community and from sinners. It has come from it Pharisee that are judgmental. Pharisaical spirits. That has always been my yeah. problem. If people would just get out of the way and win souls and yeah, win the lost absolutely. and love people. But it come, the criticism comes from religion. I'll tell you who was such an example to me on that. And I've had a lot of great influences in my life. But I remember one of the first times I heard Bishop Holmes really come down the line on some things. I hadn't been there very long and I remember him stepping out in front of that platform and with with tears streaming down his cheeks he got to talking about the blessings of God and then he would say things like why would you want to stop up these blessings with something so shallow as Hollywood wow. and instead of beating someone you know, just hitting it in seemingly a fit of rage and, and to each their own. Some people, that's just their style. Mm -hmm. But it was really one of the first times I remember being provoked to good works. Yeah. It just made sense. I was like, yeah, why would I be so foolish Yeah, to, to trade what I'm getting for something that's only pleasurable for a season? Mm. Mm, and mm. and I think that's what Jesus did. He showed them a better way. And if you can get people to really compare the way of the church to the way of the world, it's a no-brainer. This is the table, even in the midst of enemies. This is the green oasis in the midst of the desert. Yes, it is. 
the Bible says that I will I will cause a river to spring up Absolutely. from the desert. That's what it says. And waters in a dry land. Yes, he did. And that's what the church is supposed to be. Absolutely. I talked about it Friday night. Go read through Joel chapter two. Oh, that was so good. Man, you yes. that stuff you got into was so good. And 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 he talks about the floors full of wheat, the vats full of wine and oil. You having to tear down barns and build bigger barns. Mm-hmm. And then he said, This is how it's gonna happen. I'm gonna pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I will restore the year. I will restore that the canker, the caterpillar, the palmer. Everything that's 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 tore you up mm. through my spirit, I'll put it back together. And I'll pour out my spirit. I'm gonna do it. Well, Brother Jackson, this is the answer. This is the answer. The only answer. That's the only answer. The church revival. Um, we were joking the other day, and I used to have a T-shirt. We were we were t- we, we were t- want shirt. <laughs> we were talking about some people's ideas. I idea. think I've been in that church before. <laughs> I've seen churches like this. The T-shirt said. The beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> and that's some people's idea of the work of God. Bless God, we're going to beat you till you get it. And, and you get it down to five people, and the poor people are hanging on by their fingernails. Enjoy the blessings Enjoy of God. Enjoy the blessings Sing of God. Sing the praises of God. Rejoice. Exalt Jesus and love people. Yes. And, and yes, you preach truth. Yes, you stand. Listen, preaching Love and compassion does not equate weakness. No. Or compromise. Or compromise. Or anything. And no. we're, we're stronger in, in holiness than we have ever been. Absolutely. Well, I just, I mean, I'm observant when I go places. And even just being here in Durham and looking around tonight, it's, it's godly, it's holy, it's wholesome. Uh, but people's not here out of fear. No. They're here because there's love and peace and joy and... God didn't say, I will beat you. He said, I will draw you. I will draw you. And I am drawn to him. Yes. Praise God. Well, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you for letting the little old redneck from Southeast Texas <laughs> just rub shoulders with greatness. No, you were a blessing to us here in Durham and, and, and Gastonia the other night at Brother Chapman's. It's an honor to be with you all. Yep. Well, You're my friend. Well, likewise. And we're going to be praying for Nettleton and your family. Please do. All the great things that God's yeah. doing. God's given us a wonderful church, and I'm thankful. Yes, sir. Love you, my friend. Love you, man. And I hope this is a blessing. I hope it helps you. Until next time, God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you.